Ron Rivera gets defensive over the Carson Wentz acquisition towards a reporter to start off our week six, where we also have Bill's Chiefs in their next chapter of their rivalry, as along with a juicy NFC East matchup for Sunday night football. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. So, CJ, you should have seen, and I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but Ron Rivera got very defensive when he was asked on the process for the Carson Wentz trade. And I want to ask you, what do you think about this whole thing? Now, Adam, I haven't uh, looked too extensively into this, but correct me if I'm wrong. It was something like Snyder was really pushing it like behind the scenes and basically made it happen. Yeah. So the report, I guess, was that Dan Snyder wanted him and that uh, Ron Rivera didn't. And it was Snyder who pulled all the strings to make the trade happen with Ron Rivera kind of pouting and saying, I don't I'm not really invested in this guy. And Rivera didn't like that question, and he went out and he he went out and he he stormed out of the interview before uh, after ranting and saying that he was the one looking at film, he was the one who was at Indianapolis looking at this guy, and yeah. So uh, and I guess I'll start since since I know some some more about this, but essential essentially, if you remember the commanders over the past, literally the past couple of seasons, or at least the past couple off seasons, they've been pretty desperate for a quarterback. They've been looking for somebody and they've been in the market for every, anyone and everyone who's been available. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, you name it. They wanted them. And they really kind of settled after going really aggressively in on uh, the likes of Deshaun Watson as well they kind of settled on Carson Wentz. The whole world kind of knows that. And I mean, nothing's confirmed, but it, it's, it's pretty obvious. They wanted everybody. They didn't make, they, that was probably one of the worst kept secrets this past off season. And so I do believe Ron Rivera when he says that he was on board with them, but I don't, I think he's sitting there and acting as, acting as if this was something where he really wanted him. And he's like being, de- he's defending him. When really, in fact, they just kind of settled. So yes, I'm sure he was on board. But if you're Ron Rivera, please don't just sit here and try to say that you were that you're defending Carson Wentz because you you settled. Don't tell me you wanted him over Deshaun Watson. Don't tell me you wanted him over Russell Wilson, over the likes of Aaron Rodgers, even Matt Ryan. Like, come on. It's that's that's just my my take on that. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're you're right, but it seems like he's trying to twist it into something where he's trying to defend his quarterback. And of course, he's going to defend him because he's the head coach and they're in the middle of the season. If Carson Wentz were to see during a press conference, yeah, over this offseason, I wasn't really too into him and I'm kind of just working with it. He'd be pissed off and he'd probably be turned off from that. So of course he's going to say that, but I don't want. I, I just don't think you can twist that into, like, I mean, no one's going to buy that. 
Like, oh, I was on board with him the whole time. I wanted this guy. You did not want him over Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. Like, come on. Well, Adam, uh, based on like what I know, let me tell you something. Do I think that Rivera defended Wentz? No. No, I don't. And we've watched sports long enough to know that when you ask a question about a sensitive topic and they storm off, chances are that means it's true. Do I believe Rivera wanted Wentz? No. No, I don't. Sorry, Riverboat Ron. You're going to have to try just a little bit harder to convince me. I mean, it's like the fact he got all testy and then left tells me everything I need to know. Furthermore, in the when they acquired Carson Wentz, you know, we were talking about how they settled, right? Yeah. Let's, let's break this down. Did they really have a choice? Did they actually, honestly, truly have a choice? I mean, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson all outright said to their teams, I don't want to go to Denver. I mean, uh, 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 Washington. Thank you. I- screwed up there. But no, no, no. But, but seriously, seriously, they all said, I do not want to go to Washington. Like, they literally said, no, they all like said, oh, like, what's it called there? I will empower my no trade clause or no, invoke. I will invoke my no trade clause if you try to send me there. And so, yeah, it's like they didn't have a choice. Literally, their only choice was Carson Wentz, the only quarterback who was like desperate enough, you know, for a job to the point where he wouldn't turn up his nose at that mess of a situation they have down in D.C. And I guess what I'm getting at is, of course, Rivera didn't want him. Why would you? But, I mean, he had to settle, and he knows he didn't want him, and he's now been caught for it, and now he's getting huffy. That's literally just how it is, unfortunately. Yeah, look, so you can, I think he could get defensive – because I'm sure he didn't actually believe in him, but I th- I do think he was still on board with the decision to go and trade with to trade for Carson Wentz. But that's mainly because there was nothing else out there, as you said. Like he didn't, there was nothing left on the trade market, and they were that desperate to replace Taylor Heineke at the quarterback position that they had to go out and they said, okay, well let's do this. So I think it was more so the uh, Ron Rivera turned uh, twisted it as a the reporter thought that Ron Rivera didn't wasn't on board with him and he didn't like him, you know, that mm-hmm. he couldn't play, which I'm sure I'm sure he actually does believe that. Yeah, of course he but, does. Like I said, that's but, why he got mad. He was caught. The fact of the matter is he was on board with it. I, I think he was on board with it yeah. because because they there was nothing else out there. What was he going to do? Continue to, to push for Aaron Rodgers, even though he, he said, I'm not going there. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Did you see the do you remember the pa- the trade package that Washington gave for Deshaun Watson and Houston still turned it down? They just well, they didn't want to mm-hmm. trade him there. And Deshaun Watson didn't want to play there either. And so you got to just settle it settle for that at that point. And I think R- Rivera was on board. Doesn't mean he liked that. You can make a decision and not like the decision because there's nothing there's no other alternative. But like to say that to say that it's it just it just seemed like the way when he was when he was explaining himself that he was defending him 
Like I was going over to Indianapolis and I was watching film for him and I was, I was vouching for him. No, you weren't. You definitely mm-hmm. were not. Exactly. That was, you did that as a backup plan. This was, this wasn't plan B plan, plan C. It wasn't even plan D might've been plan E or F. We'll say G. How about G? I'm sure that, cause I'm sure there was, there was some other quarterbacks that, that might've been that we just, I'm just not thinking right. I'm thinking of right now. Yeah, but probably. Look, I just I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it with, with Ron Rivera. I don't think I don't think that he's trying to that he's trying I'm sure he was trying to defend his quarterback, which is which is what you should do, as I said. But like he's twisting it into like he was vouching for him that he wanted him from the start. Yeah. Uh, like you were, I'm sure you were on board with the decision. It wasn't just Dan Snyder who was turning, who's dragging him along and saying, we got to do this. And like Ron Rivera saying, no, I don't want him. Of course he wanted him, but it was like, you know, he did like only because there, there was nothing else available. So I don't know. It's, it just seems, I don't know, man. You you just you you can't get defensive towards the media because then it, then it, it's a bad look on your part. Yeah, and like I said, whenever coaches do that, that basically means what the media is saying is true. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at all. I'm really? sure it does sometimes, but you like you just have to turn the other cheek sometimes. And I'm like I'm sure the media gets under your skin. Like it happens all the time in Boston. Boston has a very nosy media. But yeah. it's because they care about results. And when you don't get results, you're going to be asked tough, tough questions. And those tough questions, you could get you could get defensive over that. It could get under your skin. Even if it's not true, they could still get it could still get under your skin. So I wouldn't say that. But regardless, like, I don't know. I just I just don't buy what he's what he's trying to sell here. That he was like he should, what he should have said was, "Look, we were on board with the decision. We he uh, Carson Wentz is our quarterback. We we want him, and we want you know we, and we want this guy to we want this guy to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. Just say that. Yeah, just exactly. say that. That's yeah. all you had to say. That's all you had to say. We're not trying. I don't know. Just I don't know. And maybe in I don't I I didn't hear the the." exact question that reporter asked and i'm not sure what the reporter wanted to gain out of that because if you ask us a, a question like did you want this quarterback who's currently your guy on the flip side like what do you expect him to say you know of course he's gonna say yeah he's our guy he's our quarterback he just he's wants probably us not game. gonna react like that though yeah we we can't yeah exactly i'm just saying it's, i'm just trying to point out two-way street as well no 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 i hear you i hear you I'm just saying I don't buy it, right? It's it's obvious he didn't want he didn't want Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wait, what? Oh, you mean uh Wentz, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't want Wentz. He wanted no one somebody wanted else. Wentz. They they were in the they were in the market for everybody, man. Come on. They settled for they settled for Carson Wentz. They want they they wanted him, but as like a backup of the backup of the backup plan. Probably of the backup too. So like to say he's defending this is my guy. Come on. No, that's a lie. Come on. Now, of course they have to he has to say that. But mm-hmm. like the fact that Doesn't he's like, turned, like over the off season I was doing this this that. No you weren't. 
Well, I'm sure he was because you have to do your homework as a head coach. But like, you were where was the you were you were probably doing that after all the film watching for for Deshaun Watson after after Aaron Rodgers after I'm I'm missing the other guy Matt Ryan who's who's the other guy Russell Wilson in, after Russell Wilson I, I was missing that guy and I'm sure there were other quarterbacks who didn't even move that they were inquiring for so like I I don't I just the way. The way he said he, the way he was talking about it, as if it was he was Plan A. Come on, man, come on. He's your quarterback. You're working with him. That's all you have to say. This is our quarterback. We're gonna work with him. And we're gonna do the best we can, and I'm on board with it. And we like Carson Wentz. There you go. That's all you had to say. But yeah. I just wanted to address that real quick. That was uh, that was an interesting thing I found this morning. I didn't see the press conference live, but I saw some videos of it, and that was something I figured we'd want to lead off with since it was the most fresh news of the day. But we do want to get to some of the matchups, and there are two that are pretty nice-looking matchups that I'd lo- I can't wait to see, uh, starting with Bill's Chiefs, uh, which is going to be yet another chapter of a young rivalry between two teams that have faced each other with their young quarterbacks quite a bit early on in their careers. So we'll preview that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. So we're getting into some of Sunday's slate of games. A couple good matchups, starting with Bill's Chiefs, who are playing yet again. And coming off of that dicey loss for the Bills and quite the spectacular victory for the Chiefs, Mahomes versus Allen is coming, becoming quite the quarterback rivalry here, although the Chiefs have had the last laugh in every single postseason matchup that they've had, or, or both, both postseason matchups they've had. So it's been a different story over um, – it's been a different story during the regular season. And I just want to ask you, CJ – what do you make of this rivalry and what could happen for these two quarterbacks and two teams going forward? Huh. Well, I mean, I don't know how much of a rivalry it is. Has Josh Allen ever beaten Patrick Mahomes? He beat him last year during the regular season. Oh, he did? Okay. But yeah, still, they, yeah, they destroyed but him Mahomes, too. Yeah, but like, doesn't Mahomes have like the better record all time? Is he like now three and one or something or like four and one? Three and one, three and two, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's like, I mean, 
as it sits now, I mean, Mahomes like has like the upper hand of that advantage. You know, he has the advantage there in the rivalry. You know, like winning it all. Mahomes is the better quarterback, but I do like the rivalry because they both have some really, really good teams. And honestly, my money's on Buffalo to win. I'm not counting out Kansas City. Frankly, it's really one of those uh, coin flip games where it's like each team has like an equal shot to win it. You know, you don't really need like the odds to tell you that. And like, what's next? I oh, I don't know. I feel like eventually they're both going to be fighting for that top quarterback spot. And like, and every time they match up, you know, like fireworks are about to happen. And uh, let's just talk about real quick the implications that this game has. You know what I mean? Yeah. For example, you do realize both of these teams are very good. And at this point in time, it was like incredibly likely that they're both going to win their division. This game could put, I mean, I know it's early, so people listening don't jump at me, but this could very well decide like who gets the one seed in the playoffs. No, it, it could, it could. It's a little early. Both teams are four and one. So they both have, but either way, if they, so if, whoever wins this game, if, if they wind up having the same record at the end of the season, then that means then that means that whichever team won this game gets the they get the they get the uh, they get the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah, Adam, that, that that's true. You are correct, and it's just both of these teams are always really fun to watch. And if you have Allen or Mahomes in fantasy. Obviously, this is a no-brainer. Start them because both of them are going to get at least 25. And it's just – I feel like well, when you look at, like, uh, you know, like the Cowboys and Niners and, like, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, you know, like among other great rivalries, I feel like Allen Mahomes, Chiefs, Bills, that's going to be, like, the next big thing. I, th- I think it is too. And we're already seeing as these two teams have faced each other – now four times, and you're you're correct. So it is four and one, and most of them have been close games. And even the one in the 2020 playoffs, where you would think like they blew doors, they they didn't. They really didn't. It was they only lost. The Bills only lost by two possessions. 30, 38 to twenty four victory for the Chiefs. Um, and then after that, uh, twenty uh twenty twenty one regular season. Now this was the this was the the largest margin of victory for either team, thirty eight to twenty. The chief the uh, the Bills won that game in twenty twenty one, and everyone's starting to think, okay, the chief the Bills have now passed the Chiefs, and then during the regular season we had that spectacular game, so many lead changes just in the last what two minutes? Yeah, something and, like that. Yeah, and. Now the Bills very nearly won that game. They didn't, but they very they came very close, and it was on the shoulders of not even their their top receiver in Stephon Diggs. It was Gabriel Davis, their wide receiver two, who got who was who really gutted that uh, that Chiefs secondary. And on top of that, they were playing without the Bills were playing without their number one corner in Tre'Davious White. And I believe he's not going to be here tonight, or excuse me, tonight. Uh, he's not going to be there on Sunday, but he's going to be there 
on he's gonna be he's gonna be if they meet if they meet up in the postseason, most likely he's gonna be healthy again, unless something happens. But that's a that's advantage Buffalo, is it not? No, no, it really is. And I said, like, even though I think it's gonna be a close game, really high scoring, I do expect Buffalo to pull out the win. Another way to look at this is it looks like one guy has been the regular season guy and the other has been the postseason guy. And it looks like there's always been in every quarterback rivalry we've seen, we've seen one player who's had the postseason success, gets the last laugh, and the other who's like during the regular season wins those matchups and wins it in a blowout, destroys every team in their path, and then chokes in the regular season. Oh, that playoffs, regular yeah. season quarterback is Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And then the postseason guy, the guy who always gets the last laugh, is is Patrick Mahomes, who has worked like a magician so far this season with what he has. He has less than Tyree Kill at wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are their top wide receivers. And then you could throw yeah. in a couple other a couple other names as well. Nicole Hardman is there. But looking at that team, like, and then you have then obviously you have Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. And Clyde Edwards Elaire is having a decent season. And they have other pieces in that in that uh in that backfield as well. But Patrick Mahomes might be the lead MVP candidate right now. What does he have? 15 touchdowns to two interceptions? Uh something like that, yeah. But like 1,400 yards. He's been good. He's been really good with what he's been working with. So if he can do more with less at this point, what does that sound like? Does more than less, does more with less, plays well in the postseason. Reminds me of a guy who used to play in New England. He's currently in Tampa in his retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me a little bit of that. And then the passer, the guy who's the gunslinger, he's throwing the ball all over the field. You know, he's winning regular season games. That sounds like Peyton Manning to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think this matchup is like the next uh, Brady Manning. And and as Brady was the superior quarterback and did, you know, he had a he has beaten Peyton Manning more. I think the winning percentage is in Brady's favor. I think that's the same thing with Allen and Mahomes, like you said, with Mahomes being Brady and Allen being Manning. Right. And look, I know that the counter argument to Brady versus Manning is always, well, who had the better record in the postseason? Against head to head, I mean, it was Peyton Manning three to two advantage. But what my only argument against that is who? So the argument against that is who was playing at home? Whoever was at home won that game. Mm-hmm. And there was also a couple other factors. Uh, for example, in 2006, that Patriots team had nothing in their wide receiving core. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, not, not to mention in uh, 2015 in the AFC Championship game, a lot of Broncos fans failed to mention that, but half the Patriots team was, like, on IR. You had Edelman and Gronkowski coming back, you know, like, from injuries, and their running back was, like, the decaying corpse of Steven Jackson. Uh, like, like, I don't know, like, Chandler Jones was hurt. Don, uh, Adrod Mayo was, like, out for the season. Chung, like, I don't even think played. Uh, yeah, if I he did, he season. was, like, hurt. Yeah, that season, just going off topic as a Pats fan, was beyond frustrating because you Trust can make me, a real chance. Like they, they could have won the Super Bowl 
but the but you know it was their year to get the injury bug. And Tom Brady would have Tom Brady would have been undisputed league MVP that year. Not dap, not fu- uh, freaking Cam <laughs> Newton. Mm. You know, like it, it would have. Uh, we we can't get into that. We can, we can't yeah. get into that. We I hate the 2015 season. I really do. We can't. Um, but I, I I don't know. This this is a this is a now whoever wins this game could win in a blowout because it's happened. It's already happened with the Bills hammering the Chiefs by 18 points. And honestly, I have to give the advantage to the Bills. Yeah, I do. Yeah, we saw that. Their team all all around has been better. They have that one loss against the Miami Dolphins when they were healthy, who was, who's also a very good team themselves. So I don't know. I just like the bill, the bills just have the, and the, like we said, the chiefs are working with a little bit less and yeah, Patrick Mahomes has been really good, but let's see how they are head to head. Let's see how they are uh, come Sunday. But another one I want to touch on, and we'll touch on this next. This is Eagles Cowboys for Sunday night football, a juicy NFC East matchup as I previously stated. I want to touch on that matchup. That'll be next. This is the Fumbaruski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with CJ Medeiros. So, our Sunday night football matchup is going to be the undefeated 5-0 Eagles going against the 4-1 Gritty Cowboys led by none other than backup quarterback Cooper Rush. And that team has been winning off of a lot of defense and running the ball. Their defense has really, really picked up for them. And their rushing game, with which is not – it's now not even – it's not even focused on just Ezekiel Elliott. They have Elliott and they have Tony Pollard going as the 1A, 1B type scheme. And it's been working. Four straight victories since that opening day loss. And Cooper Rush is doing a good job with managing the football. He's throwing when he needs to throw. And on top of that, so look at the other matchup. We have the Eagles, who have also kind of gone with a run-first scheme, but much more capable throwing the ball. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and their quarterback can run a lot. In fact, he's done that a ton this season, and he's been doing it well. Being one of the, being the next great Perhaps the next great dual dual threat quarterback, CJ. So, who has the edge in this game? Philly. And let me tell you why. 
Well, for starters, they have their starting quarterback. I think their defense is a little bit better, and I like their offensive line much, much more. But you can't count out Dallas because I, I don't know why. It's not really analytical, but but we've seen before teams like that are heavily favored going in, like, you know, can sometimes lose them a stunning upset to a backup. And let's not beat around the bush. It's not like Cooper Rush is a scrub. I mean, he's undefeated as a starter. And I love how on Sunday, someone streaks coming to an end. Either Cooper Rush will finally absorb his first loss as a starter or Philly gets their winning streak snap. This is a really high stakes game. And since the Cowboys are greatly overperforming, and if and barring an unforeseen collapse, you could make a case that this this uh, could be like a division, uh, well, I don't know, like uh, a game that would perhaps decide control of the division if both teams keep heading in their current trajectories. Furthermore, like I said, I, I do believe that Philly is going to win. Like I said, just due to having the better all around team, but I don't know. Cooper Rush is a tough customer. He, he, and he's a slick operator. Like there's really, you you can't sleep on him. I know he's not going to wow you, but I believe we've said before, it's kind of like the 2001 Patriots where they literally won a Super Bowl off the ground game in defense while asking then second year quarterback, Tom Brady to be a game manager. I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're, they're the Patriots, but I'm just saying there's a comparison to be made. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, so I've been drawing this comparison a lot to the Cowboys from that 2001 Patriots team. Not to say that they are, but the way they play is very similar. You have a backup who's stepping in, just trying to manage the football. You have a defense that's been the strong suit of the team. And on top of that, you have a good running game that is that is really helping with the offense. And the quarterback can throw when need be. Sounds like the 2001 Patriots. And then you have the Eagles, which has, which really, I just don't see the, there's not really much of a weakness here. I don't see anything. Their secondary has been great. Their offensive line has been keeping Jalen Hurts on his feet. Jalen Hurts can run and he can also hand it off to Miles Sanders. He can also throw it to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. So I don't see the weakness here. I, I would expect an Eagles victory, but don't rule out a cow, uh, the, the Cowboys upset as well because the way they're playing is just a very sustainable, conservative way of way of playing, and they can eat, it, eat up game clock and keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands, which is something that's important to get a lead early, to keep the ball in your hands and out of the, the hands of the offense that can really kill you with – the weapons that they have, but you just have to expect an Eagles victory here. You just, you just kind of have to with, with everything that the Eagles have until they can prove otherwise, they're going to, they're going to slip up at some point. There's a reason why teams don't go undefeated, but until like, until they lose, I mean, that's kind of, this Eagles team is kind of the team to beat. They've earned that right to be that way. Cause remember when we went into the season, we were like, they have a lot of question marks. Those question marks became confirmed here. So the Cowboy the, the Cowboys have been good and they could continue to be good after this game if they lose it. But I would expect the Cowboys they're the they're gonna be the underdogs going into this game, and until proven otherwise, they're the underdogs, and the Eagles should win this game. 
Yeah, Adam. You, you, yeah, I, I agree. But let's uh, let me ask you a question here. If if the Dallas Cowboys upset Philly, do you keep Cooper Russian as quarterback? Especially if it's like convincing, if they win by ten or plus points, and then Dak comes back healthy, do you keep going with Cooper Rush? Do you go with the proven thing, or do you play the hot hand? Depends how you do it. Depends right. how they do it. Okay, like I said, what if it's a convincing win? Like, like let's just say I don't know, thirty to seventeen. Like Cooper Rush is like three hundred yards and two touchdowns somehow. It de- like not just the score. It depends on like how like how if it was the defense mainly just. Just picking apart Jalen Hurts and you know Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott running all over that Eagles defense, then it's like okay, well Dak can do that too. So I I would still, but if it's Cooper Rush who's able to throw a bunch of touchdown passes, maybe yeah, he doesn't that's what get I the, said. maybe he doesn't okay, yeah, maybe he doesn't get all of the yardage, but if he does if he does things that you know are like really impressive in this game, then I would say, yeah, but it has to be beyond the score. Like, because yeah. this, this winning streak has been mainly on defense and running the ball. And Cooper rush has been Cooper rush has been a big part, but he's been doing it by managing the game and throwing when he needs to throw. And he has some good targets. He has CD lamb, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz. So he has some pieces to throw to and he's, he's throwing to him when he needs to, he's not forcing it to CD lamb. And he's giving the ball away to Tony Pollard when he needs to. And I think that's that's important. But that's something Dak can do as well. And he's he's proven it over the years. So, yeah, it, it does depend on the, the context for how this happens. Because we, we know what Dak can do. He's still a good quarterback. Yeah. Let's not forget about him too. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know. But I genuinely believe that if somehow the Cowboys beat Philly, then it's really time to take Dallas seriously. Then of course their fans will be go. Oh, this is our year, but that's a problem for another day. Yeah, it's a it's a something to save for another day. But I mean, and so I was also on Brian's show yesterday on Down to the Wire, and I did say that if Bailey Zappi, if Mac Jones is out for a long period of time and Bailey Zappi performs, then Mac Jones has to earn it back. The difference between what I just said and what uh, what I'm saying about Bailey Zappi versus Mac Jones is if Mac Jones is out for a long time and Bailey Zappi continues to play and win games, then he earns that right so that it's his job to lose at that point. And Mac Jones has to work his way back. With this, it's Dak Prescott is very close to coming back. So it's like he he hasn't – we've had too small of a sample size to say Cooper Rush can, can stay in. You know, is, does that make any sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it does. But it'll all play out here. We'll see what 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 uh, decisions the coaching staff and ownership makes. Ultimately, we're just a couple guys with opinions who who like to believe that we know a thing or two about football. So we'll see how it all plays out. Honestly, we probably know more than Urban Meyer at this point, at least at the NFL level. <laughs> Perhaps a thing or two. We know not to uh, not to. Not to uh, assault our personnel, and we also know who Aaron Donald is. Remember that? That is, yeah, that is correct. That was a bad look on his part. And yeah. there was one one time he complained to the press when he was asked about his str- early struggles. He's like, 
It's like playing Bama every week. And this guy really thought that it was that yeah. it was going to be just beating <laughs> these bum college teams all the time. Yeah. Like welcome to the welcome to the big leagues, Runt. Quite like, literally. Geez. Jesus. All right. <laughs> well, CJ, are you ready for our Fumble Rooski fantasy fix coming up? Always. We love it. All right, man. Here we go. So we are going to hit on the Fumble Rooski fantasy fix. Give you some stardom situms coming up. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright here with CJ Medeiros. And we're on to our Fumble Rooski Fantasy Fix, where we're going to give you our stardom sit-ems for week six. So, starting with the running backs, we're going to lead off with starting Ramondre Stevenson at Cleveland. So, without Damian Harris and with that spotty Cleveland run, Cleveland run defense, if you have Ramondre Stevenson in your lineup, find a way to get him in. Whether oh. it's your RB1, mm-hmm. RB2, or flex, get him in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Adam? Yep. As far as Cleveland goes, uh, and if you have any Patriots players on your roster, I would like to point out that it has been confirmed that Cleveland will not have Jadavian Clowney or Denzel Ward. So there you go. A, bu- a busted up secondary as well. I don't know because, I, because Bailey Zappi – probably won't be throwing that much. So I, the reason not. I the reason I said and I'm sure one of the receivers will get something, but I would I think it, it's a safer bet to go with running back. But if you have Jacoby Myers and you or let's say Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, if you really need Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> you can't even if, we don't need if you're really desperate then go ahead and take the risk, but just proceed with caution there. Uh, Looking at the other running back we're starting is Kenneth Walker versus Arizona with Rashad Penny going down and the Seattle Seahawks going with a very, always going with a very heavy run first scheme. Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy to to step in. He was the second round rookie. Pete Carroll's shown high praise for him. Go and put Kenneth Walker in your lineup. For sits, we're going to put Najee Harris versus Tampa Bay. Najee's not having the same year, and he's going up against Tampa, who's ve- who's historically and this year very good against the run. Just a tough matchup for him. Even with the name recognition, I would just sit him at this point. Miles Sanders versus Dallas, sit him. This is going to be kind of a shootout here, and I know that I I said earlier they're a run first team, but I feel like they're going to be more focused on Jalen Hurts running the ball rather than Miles Sanders. So sit him. Going on to wide receivers, we're going to start Amari Cooper versus New England. And we're also going to start Chris Olave versus Arizona. 
looking at Michael Pitt, Michael Pittman, excuse me, uh, Amari Cooper, going up against that New England secondary and also playing in a game where I feel like game script is going to be at least for Cleveland focused solely on throwing the ball. It's going to be Amari Cooper who uh, who benefits the most from that. Chris Olave is a big one because Michael Thomas is yet again out, and Chris Olave is going to be the one who benefits from it. And going up against the a Cincy secondary, that's kind of middling. So Olave is a good start for you. Sit Michael Pittman versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a, has their secondary has been tough this year so far, and Pittman's kind of their own their only guy. So when he's your only guy, and that secondary is really tough, then they're going to focus all on that one guy. So put Michael Pittman on your bench. Also put DK Metcalf on your bench versus Arizona. He just hasn't been the same guy so far this year with uh, Geno Smith throwing to him. So put him on your bench. Going to quarterbacks. We're going to start Kirk Cousins at Miami, and we're also going to start Tom Brady at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's secondary is all banged up, and Tom Brady, he's starting to heat up in that passing game a little bit. They've been a lot more run-oriented than they have in years past, but in this particular matchup, put in Tom Brady. Uh, we're also going to sit Matthew Stafford versus Carol versus Carolina. Very star-studded secondary for Carolina. And you also have Matthew Stafford who's been turning the ball over a lot. So I don't like that. I don't like that combination. Put Matthew Stafford on your bench. Also put Aaron Rodgers on your bench versus the Jets. I know it's the Jets, and I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but just don't do it. Don't do it. This isn't the same Green Bay Packers team as years past. Also, we have tight end. Uh, we're going to start Zach Ertz at Seattle, and we're going to start George Kittle at Seattle. I know what you're thinking. George Kittle has been a shell of himself. But we know who George Kittle is. He's got a, He's at least for one game this season, he's got to break out. And against the secondary that's been really bad against tight ends for Atlanta, you got to go George Kittle. Put him in your lineup. I know he's been tough for you. You probably drafted him early on if it's George Kittle. So start him. Just do it. Looking at sits, we're going to sit Tyler Conklin. So I think we put him as a sit last uh, – we put him as a sit last week as well. And we're putting him as a sit this week because we're telling you the past – the first few weeks for Conklin was full of gold. It was fool's gold. Yep, it's not sustainable. Really not. Sustainable. And we're starting to see that now. So put him on your bench. I know you're thinking of starting him, but don't do it. Don't do it. All right, looking at the other sit, Dalton Schultz at Philly. Listen, yeah, what's going on with Dalton Schultz? They tagged him, and for what? What the hell is going on with Dalton Schultz? Because that guy – One-year wonder? That guy perhaps. had an incredible year. He he started he started off the year before. He was all right. Then he got really good this year, and now he's kind of fallen off. So until he can – and I know he said start George Kittle, but there's a difference between George Kittle and Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz had yeah. one great year. George Kittle has been great pretty much his entire career. So, sorry, but there's a difference here. There's levels to this. Going on to defensive slash special teams, usually it's when we're when we're when we're doing stardom sit-ems for Rams 
uh, for uh, excuse me for defenses. It's kind of just another streamer uh, segment, which is kind of what we do for the waiver wire portion of it. But we're gonna start Rams versus Carolina. That quarterback situation is only getting worse. They're starting PJ Walker now. Mm. So for Carolina, literally it's not everyone else good. is hurt. You know, Baker's hurt, Darnold's hurt. That one rookie they drafted, Matt Corral is hurt. And I know the Rams, and I know the Rams have had a tough start so far, but we we've seen their personnel that they have. I mean, they got to break out at some point. Walker. What's that? I said they can't lose to PJ Walker. They if they lose, do, then someone's yeah. head needs to roll. Well, they won't lose, but the question is whether or not this Rams defense will perform through through fantasy football, and they have to at some point. It's the Rams. We have Jalen Ramsey. Come on, Aaron Donalds. Look at that team. All right, Bobby Wagner. The other. The other start is Bengals at New Orleans. As I said before, previously in this segment, Bengals defense has been a little middling, also through a fantasy football perspective. But looking at their, their, they have their backup coming in, Andy Dalton, yet again. And that offense has not been looking good outside of just Chris Olave, who I did tell you to start. But still start him because you know that Dalton's going to lean heavily on him. So start him. Don't don't listen to just just start still start Olave, but also start Bengals defense if you can. So for sits, we have Packers at the New York Jets. And we have Steelers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there you go. There you have it. That is our Fumble Ruski fantasy fix for our week six. Sit uh stardom sitems, but CJ. You have any other thoughts before we end the show here tonight? Abolish Thursday night football. That is all. At least give it better. Like, first of all, number one, make it more convenient if we're going to watch Thursday night football. Thursday night football is about the convenience. It's the convenience. It's you've had a tough week. You can't wait for for football on Sunday, so you have this to hold you over. I don't care about the matchup. It's football. We have some fantasy implications to it. We can work with that, but. The fact that it's on Amazon Prime, we have to go do a science experiment, get a, get a get a free membership, maybe a, a free trial or something like that. Just let us let us watch it on CBS or wherever. I hate the idea that it's on Amazon. I I never liked it. I've yeah. never been a fan of it. And I mean, no like, one really liked it. So why is it doing it? Money, Adam. Money. Screw the money, man. I want my football. That's what I want. Yeah, tell I want that, my football. Tell that to Dell, not me, man. All right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcasts and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.